Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo, and co-host, Jake Richmond and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo. And as always, I'm joined by my trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, man? You know, it's a weird day here. Uh, fall's coming. We've been rained on a lot here in Minnesota. I'm just kind of under the weather. I'm not sick, but I'm just kind of tired. But, you know, fortunately, uh, I'm proud to say that the Minnesota Vikings are the only undefeated team left in football. So, nah, 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 boo-boo. Yeah, yeah, I know. We used to be able to say that the Eagles quarterbacks were undefeated, but we can't say that now, right? Um, exactly. I'm also not feeling very well. And because of that, um, we have a special guest that was going to join the show and, and join both of us. But now what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to back out once I throw it over to you for the Blitz Podcast News. And I'm going to allow Kyle Holmes, who's joining us from the huddle and also works on a DFS article, to join you and you guys will be able to take the reins and run with it and give our listeners what they need so that they can um, pad those bank accounts. Well, you got to be careful because, you know, uh, you might end up getting Wally Pipped or uh, Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a user for people that don't know it at the huddle. His username is forever in debt to Mo Lewis, um, who is the guy that put Drew Bledsoe out. I kind of think it's a very off-color name to use, um, but a lot of the success that his Patriots have had, he feels is he's indebted to Mo Lewis, who was the linebacker from the Jets that did it. Well, what do we have to do to get uh, Tony Romo out so Dak Prescott can remain the quarterback there? Um, you know what? When Jerry's running the show, there's no telling what the hell is going to happen. So, uh, There's the, Tanya Harding when, when we need her. <laughs> she can be bought, I'm sure. Um, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I do know. I know that it's time to send it over to Mr. Harley Schultz for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Ben Roethlisberger had successful arthroscopic surgery this morning to repair a torn meniscus in his left knee. Amazingly, Big Ben played through the injury on Sunday. He is all but certain to be ruled out for this coming week, and Pittsburgh has a bye in week eight. At this point, it seems the earliest Bionic Ben can realistically hope to return is for week nine. Of course, knowing Roethlisberger's injury history and his history of rapid healing, you can probably feel comfortable putting him into your lineup this week. (laughs) Carlos Hyde sustained a shoulder injury during Sunday's matchup against Buffalo. He did return to the game, but ultimately finished with his worst line of the season. When Hyde was out, it was veteran Mike Davis, not Sean Drawn, that led the Niners in carries. 
It remains to be seen if Hyde will be ready for this coming week's contest against Tampa Bay. Hyde's owners are hoping so, because due to injuries, Tampa's defensive line is down to Larry, Moe, and Shemp. In related news, Tampa Bay running back Doug Martin is scheduled to return to action this week against San Francisco. Prior to his injury, Martin was splitting time with Charles Sims, but Sims is now on IR, leaving only veteran scat back Jaquiz Rogers as a drag on Martin's potential production. San Francisco serves up more rushing yards than bowls of rice a so Martin will be the real San Francisco treat this week. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick finished his first start of 2016 with a line of 13 of 29 for 187 yards and a touchdown. He also rushed for 66 yards on eight carries. We asked Blaine Gabbert about his replacement's performance, and Gabbert responded, 253 yards. Is that all he could muster? I could surpass that in three games. Easy. <laughs> and finally, it only took six weeks of courting, but Odell Beckham Jr. made it official on Sunday by proposing to the kicking net. Following the game, Beckham announced that Victor Cruz would be his best man, but the kicking net has not decided yet who would be the net of honor. Vegas has identified her outdoorsy sister, Fishing Net, and her country cousin, Mosquito Net, as early line favorites. As of this time, we also do not know where they will tie the knot, but they promise to throw us a rope shortly and not leave us hanging on a string very long. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. All right. This is Kyle Holmes here. Checking in for Steve from the huddle. We're going to talk some daily fantasy sports. Harley, where do you want to start? You know what? Uh, why don't we start right at the top? I know that Steve uh, believes in zero quarterback, but you're not Steve. So let's start off with quarterbacks. Who, uh, who do you like to uh, pay up for this week at the uh, most important position on your football team? Well, as a uh, Oakland Raider fan that will no longer be in Oakland Raiders uh, much longer now. I was actually in Vegas when they announced that the Raiders would be moving to Vegas, which was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, equally heartbreaking is my, my guy I'm going to reach up and pay for this week is going to be Blake Bortles. Um, the Oakland Raiders have the 27th best. I don't know if you can say best there past defense in the league and uh, Bortles and his boys are going to get out there and, uh, and start making it rain. You know, I really wanted to go against uh the Oakland Raiders last week because, uh, strangely enough, you're an Oakland Raiders fan. I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So uh, I was really looking forward to a big game from Alex Smith. He did not deliver. He delivered a serviceable game as what you can kind of expect from Alex Smith. But uh, he really got robbed on that one touchdown. But I'm not going to go into that in too much detail because I'm sure everyone that follows us on Twitter saw me rant and rave for about half an hour about that yesterday. Uh, at quarterback this week, I'm going to pay up for the guy that I avoided last week, and that's Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan showed he could get it done against Seattle in Seattle. If you can do that, he, he's worth anything. Now he gets to travel, or I gets say he gets to face a San Diego team at home. San Diego has allowed over 300 passing yards in four of their six games. Uh, their only good cornerback is lost for the season. I just don't like San Diego's chances playing in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Uh, in a field track for, again, might not be a great game for Julio Jones because he has a history of not doing as well there. But, uh, you know, I like Ryan to have a big game. How about uh, how about who you're not paying up for? Or who, who do you want to avoid this week? 
You know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stay in that division actually, and I I'm not gonna reach up and pay for Drew Brees this week. You know, in DraftKings he's running seventy four hundred dollars, and in FanDuel he's running eighty five. Um, and if you're looking at your salary based on percentage of salary, which is how I like to look at players in daily fantasy, Drew Brees is going to cost you about 14%. He's going up against Kansas City this week. They've got the ninth best pass defense in the league. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they, they only gave up 225, a touchdown, a pick to Derek Carr. And, you know, I, I like Drew Brees. I think he's serviceable. If you've got him in your week-to-week and your year-long redraft leagues, obviously I'm not saying bench him. I'm just not going to reach to pay up and get him this week. I don't like the matchup. I can totally get behind that. And uh, <clears throat> assuming he does have a bad game, that means that's a good game for the Kansas State defense, so I'm all for that. Uh, on the backside for me, I am not paying up for Russell Wilson. Uh, his price tag's 8000 on FanDuel, 6700 on DraftKings. The cards have not allowed any passer to top 266 yards, and only one quarterback this season has thrown for more more than one touchdown against them. Now they have given up a couple of running, a uh, couple of quarterback rushing touchdowns, but Russell Wilson really isn't doing a lot of that right now with his legs still beat up and that offensive line completely a shreds. Yeah, you look at Russell Wilson; he he got injured. Obviously, I'm I'm totally in support of you here and and of this, but. You know, he, he didn't have a great game against Atlanta, and uh, I don't think he's going to bounce back against a tough a tough defense this week. Well, you know, one of the things that all of our listeners really love to find out is who people have for their, their value play, their, their bargain basement play, who they're going to put in their roster at certain spots to save them money so they can pay up at other positions. Now, I know that you actually have an article uh, on the huddle as well as myself. You, you talk a lot about uh, daily fantasy bargain basement type players, right? Yeah, so what I like to do is I, I think where a lot of daily fantasy users um, get caught up in is they're looking at individual price tags. And I think the individual price tags can be a little deceiving. Um, so what I like to do is you have to look at player salaries as a percentage of your overall salary. So rather than look at the individual price tags, you got to convert all of them, right? Top-tier quarterbacks are going to run your team about 15% of your salary. And if you're looking at anything in the 10% range, you're going to get some value there. So this week, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Jets a lot. He's not playing very well currently as we're, as we're talking. But, you know, he, he's gotten a, a bad rep, but he's going to throw the ball a lot. If you're looking at a DraftKings league, he's coming in just over 10%, 10.2% of your salary. That's a bargain for a quarterback. He is running a lot higher in uh, FanDuel leagues at uh, $6,900, which is upward uh, towards 12% of your salary. But, uh, you know, I like the matchup. Um, Baltimore's got the middle-of-the-road 13th passing defense. And I think for the price that you pay, especially in DraftKings leagues, you're going to be able to get some good value there. Well, you do mention the difference in price between DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, The player I'm going to be buying low on this week is a guy who had an okay game last week. Wasn't a very great, it wasn't a great game by any sense of imagination. Kirk Cousins. He gets to travel and play in Detroit. And Detroit has allowed 18 total touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks. That's an average of three touchdowns per game. That's, that's very, very good. Uh, they've actually allowed multiple touchdowns in every single game. So none of those numbers are inflated by like one huge game where someone's thrown for five or six touchdowns. Every game, there's been a multiple touchdown against them. 
Yeah. Um, you know, Cousins is going to keep throwing the ball and, and his receivers benefit. And he's been a really great value, I think, all year long. So I think that'll continue. I'm, I'm with you. Well, I'm really happy to the uh, coach uh, managed to get uh, Jamison Crowder back involved last week. I think that's really going to help, especially with the injury to uh, Mr. Jordan Reed, who we'll probably end up talking about a little bit more when we get down into the tight end position. But uh, for the time being, let's slide over to running back. Uh, who are you paying up for at running back this week? He's at the top of everyone's list. I, I, you know, I usually don't pay a lot of money for running back in daily fantasy, and I'm and I'm trying to find the value. But Le'Veon Bell this week, I think, is going to be with with Ben's surgery that he had today. Uh, Le'Veon Bell lining up against a really tough New England defense that's had a little bit of give. They're tenth best against the rush this year. I think. The coaching staff and the offense as a whole is going to lean on Bell. And especially in DraftKings where you get one full point uh, for PPR, I think Bell's going to see a lot of success. He's already got 60-plus carries in, or touches in two games. So, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna shoulder the load on him and, and let him carry him. I think daily fantasy users could do the same. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to kind of jump away here a little bit. Normally I would go and give you my play that I'm going to pay up for, but uh, since you brought Bell, Bell is actually the player that I'm avoiding this week. And now, uh, the main reason why is uh, Landry Jones will be under center more than likely for for Pittsburgh. There's actually been a bit of an online campaign to get Zach Mettenberger the start, but uh, I don't know if that would be any better. Either way, what we're going to see is we're going to see Le'Veon Bell facing stacked defensive line against him. Now, in two games last year when Landry Jones was the primary uh, quarterback in terms of number of snaps received at quarterback, uh, the team as an offense as a whole, they averaged 325 total offensive yards from scrimmage per game. Uh, They weren't able to get the ball going on the ground or in passing in those games, and Bell did not score in either of those two games. So, you know, New England likes to shut down a team's best player, their defensive line is starting to get a little bit stronger and, and starting to get healthier again. I think they're going to scheme to take Bell out, and certainly he's going to catch some passes. He's going to have some value. I, I just don't think he returns value on the price tag you're paying for him this week. It'll be interesting to see. I think the Steelers' offense is definitely going to be hurting and looking for answers. And, um, you know, the question will be, can they get the ball to Antonio Brown? And if not, then, you know, Bell might be that guy. Well, again, last year, when you look at the games, Landry Jones completed uh, four passes for 24 yards to Brown in the first game. And then he pretty much forced the ball to Brown the entire second game he was out there. Uh, Brown had a decent line in that second game. But, uh, again, it was more so because he was targeted a ridiculous number of times. Right. Uh, the big concern I have is uh, Steelers are going to have trouble scoring. New England is already the, has allowed the second fewest points per game. So that number should probably drop this week. Uh, as for the uh, player I am going to pay up for at quarterback this week, uh, let's uh, let's travel to, uh, I'm sorry, not quarterback, but running back, uh, DeMarco Murray uh, facing Indianapolis. Indianapolis has allowed 168 combo yards per game to opposing running backs. They've allowed nine running back touchdowns. All those, all those yards and all those touchdowns, that's going to go to Murray because he's basically out-touching Derrick Henry at nearly a 30 to 2 ratio so far this year. So, uh, Murray at 7,200, A700, big price, big performance this week. Yeah, he, he looks like DeMarco Murray from Dallas and what we've been seeing from him. And, you know, Indianapolis has the third worst 
rushing defense in the NFL. So, I, you know, I, I think DeMarco Murray, I'm, I'm with you. He's going to have a big day. Who are you going to avoid this week? You know, uh, it's interesting. I'm going to avoid Melvin Gordon on the uh, San Diego Chargers. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, we talked about them earlier when we were talking about uh, Matt Ryan having a big day. I, I think the Chargers are going to fall behind early. I think they're going to abandon the run. I think Melvin Gordon is still going to have a little bit of value in that passing game as Phillip Rivers tries to keep up uh, moving down the field. But for the price tag that Melvin Gordon comes in at, I don't think this is going to be a ground and pound game for the Chargers, even though Atlanta does have the fifth worst rushing defense in the league. Um, I'm going to stay away from Melvin Gordon and I'll let someone else uh, go ahead and take a risk there. You know what? I actually have to agree with you there. I think that's going to be a pass heavy game and uh, we could see some more of that come, come to play a little bit in the tight end position too when we get there. But uh, first off at wide receiver, uh, actually, no, we're skipping something important here. We're skipping the value plays. Value right. plays. Value plays. Who do you it's have about, in the It's value all about plays. the dollars, right? I'm going Chris Ivory versus Oakland. Uh, his price tag is only 3400 on DraftKings, 5500 on FanDuel. Uh, I mentioned that there was 168 combo yards per game allowed by Indianapolis. You know who also is allowing 168 combo yards per game? For oh, don't backs? I know it. That's Go the ahead. Oakland Raiders. Uh, they've also allowed eight running back touchdowns so far this year. And Chris Ivory pretty much uh, reestablished that he is the, well, first, he's the goal line back there for Jacksonville after last week. And considering how just pathetic TJ Yeldon looked running the ball between the uh, tackles, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of TJ Yeldon on first or second down anymore. Yeldon will probably still have a PPR role on that offense, but. Uh, it's Chris Ivory's ball on first down now and probably at the goal line, too. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, it was it was obviously tough seeing what Spencer Ware and Jamal Charles did to Oakland last week, and I think Ivory should be in for a big game. I'm going to keep it in the same game, actually. DeAndre Washington on the Oakland Raiders. Latavius Murray's not been able to stay healthy. He's not been able to get on the field, and DeAndre Washington's a guy who's benefited. His price tag is very low this week. Um, you know, he's looking at 3,900 and, uh, 5,600 in FanDuel there. And, you know, he's had 10 touches a game the past few games. I think it's going to go upwards. So while I do think that Jacksonville and Oakland could get caught up in a shootout, they're definitely going to start the games by trying to pound the rock a little bit and take advantage of some of those softer interior, uh, line plays from both sides. Well, okay. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, I'm going to pay up for the guy that I avoided last week at wide receiver, and that's Julio Jones. Uh, Julio Jones, much like Matt Ryan, showed that he can do it against anyone last week by going up against Richard Sherman and basically schooling him. So I, I'm going to take uh, everything, Jones. everything but that last catch, anyways. Exactly. You know, San Diego doesn't have a cornerback that that could really hold Sherman's jockstrap. So uh, if Sherman can't stick with Julio Jones, how is San Diego going to? Uh, I would agree. Uh, you know, Julio's been nothing but impressive this year, and you've really got to love watching he and A.J. Green just just go nuts with, over the NFL. I'm going to – and it has nothing to do with being an Oakland Raider fan. I keep, I keep picking Oakland because, unfortunately, I'm well aware of how bad their defense is. But, uh, you know, I'm going to stack Allen Robinson this week with my Blake Bortles pick in that game. Um, I, I think Allen Robinson goes nuts on that Oakland secondary – and the value you're paying for him, um, you know, he's running 7,300 in FanDuel and he's going to run 8,400 in DraftKings. Um, 
I'm paying a lot, but I'm not paying the insane numbers that you would be spending on someone like Antonio Brown last week, where for the first time ever he hit 20% of your salary. So that 10K price tag was really high. I actually had Brown in one lineup last week. Needless to say, I didn't win any money in that particular lineup. Uh, this <laughs> week, he's actually going to be the guy I avoid this week, too. Not as much per se because of the price, which is still pretty high, but obviously because of the injury to Big Ben and the fact that uh, New England uh, New England could try to shut him down. And whether or not Landry Jones can even give him the ball consistently, I don't trust that offense against New England here. 9300 is not the type of money I want to invest on a question mark. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you there. Let's uh, let's shift gears. Um, you're, well, no, I'll stay there. Jordy Nelson is my guy. There, there's something going on in Green Bay. And, uh, you know, it's been interesting listening to all the radio and the commentators and everybody kind of talk about what's happening there. Uh, there there's, there's chemistry isn't there, and something's, something's off with Aaron Rodgers. And as a, as a Cal Bear fan, I love Aaron Rodgers. I hate seeing him struggle right now. But Jordy Nelson has a guy, he's a, he's a top five price tag wide receiver, and I'm not going to pay for him. He's getting the targets. He's not getting the end zone um, as much as he'd like to. He's got uh, four touchdowns so far, but... Um, until they figure that out, Jordy Nelson, even against um, they, they've got Chicago this week, even against Chicago's 20th ranked pass defense, I'm, I'm still not going to pay for a guy like Jordy Nelson right now. Yeah, and you know, the a guy that I am paying a little bit less for in my value play at wide receiver this week is a guy that kind of came out of nowhere last week. Uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, he's had a history of being successful. He hasn't done anything yet this year, and that's Torrey Smith. Uh, Torrey Smith will be facing Tampa Bay. Uh, we've talked a little bit so far this week already about Tampa Bay's defense being really, really bad. And uh, you know what? Kaepernick clearly has eyes for Mr. Torrey Smith. Uh, if you think back a couple years ago, Kaepernick targeted Torrey Smith quite a bit during his postseason run. I think it was two years ago there. Uh, Smith has the speed and the length to go and get deep passes. Kaepernick is capable of throwing the deep passes uh, I think that Smith at that price, he showed last week he can catch a touchdown from him. I, I like him for a touchdown again this week. Let's stay in the same game because I agree with you. There's, uh, I don't think Kaepernick is the answer for San Francisco, but he might be the answer for San Francisco's wide receivers. I'm going to look at Jeremy Curley. This week you're actually going to pay um, a little bit more for him in FanDuel, but you'd pay a little bit less in DraftKings. So you know, pick your poison there. Um, last week, Curley failed to put up really any substantial numbers with Kaepernick under center, but he was targeted seven times. So Kaepernick is looking. He's trying to get the new, um, you know, ex-Jet receiver who's who's done more of those intermediate routes. He's trying to force the ball to him to um, help him out of some tough situations. And you know, for the price tag, I like the matchup this week. I'm I'm with you. I think the the Niners wide receivers are good value plays. Okay, uh, let's shift gears over to tight end. At tight end, I am uh, <clears throat> I'm going to pay up for uh, Mr. Rob Gronkowski, and I don't think we really need to go into too much detail on that. It's Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I, we're in agreement. Um, there's an when you look at tight ends and you look at paying big money for tight ends in, in daily fantasy this season, especially we're usually talking about three guys. We're talking about Gronk. We're talking about uh, Jordan Reed. And um, we're talking about, um, 
Oh, man, Carolina. I'm blanking on his name right now. Greg Olson. Thank you, Greg Olson. Um, so, I mean, this is a week where Gronk is at the top of the list, and you get what you pay for with Tom Brady uh, firing on all cylinders. You, you get the value, I think, from every dollar on Gronk. And Pittsburgh's uh, secondary is, is not good. It, it's not great. It's okay. So, again, Gronk is going to be a heavy part of that offense going forward. Uh, you mentioned high-priced tight ends, and one tight end that's starting to get back up there into that high-priced range is a guy I'm going to avoid this week, and that's Jimmy Graham. Now, a couple of years ago, Jimmy Graham was right there with Gronk in terms of that high 8000 9000 every week price tag. He's actually all the way up to 5800 on drafting, 6700 on FanDuel, which is kind of in that Tier 2 range right now. And Arizona just doesn't give up passing touchdowns to anyone, let alone tight ends. Uh, tight ends have scored zero touchdowns again this, this year coming into tonight's game. We still haven't seen a tight end touchdown for the Jets. I don't expect to because I can't tell you who their tight end is. Yeah, uh, uh, they, I don't think they have any tight ends that have given up a catch so far while we're talking. Uh, so, in, in addition to no tight end touchdowns allowed, Arizona has also not allowed a single tight end to top 52 receiving yards. And the only one that got to 52 receiving yards was Lance Kendricks. And 37 of those came on one play. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, it's it's interesting. We're going to look at an, one of the other high-priced guys is who I'm staying away from. Again, our pool of high-priced tight ends is is not very large, but um, it took Jimmy Graham a long time to, to get firing with the, the Seahawks offense, and I think that we can take a week off from him as well. I'm going to move over. We mentioned him a second ago. Um, Jordan Reed is a guy who's been struggling. He's always had the high price tag because – Kirk Cousins is like to look his way. Um, the Washington showed last week that they could do okay without him. He sat out against Philadelphia. You know, he's had multiple concussions in his career. Whether he's cleared or not this week, um, maybe Washington plays it safe and sits him for another one. But he's someone I'm not going to go out and pay for. I'm going to spend that money elsewhere. What is this now for Reed? Like seven career concussions? I, I I'm, start, I'm starting to think about that guy from the uh, Not Another Teen movie, the uh, guy with the. Uh, the Billy Ray or whatever with the eight concussions where the coach is like, but can he play? This is and, his, this is his sixth concussion in six years. Ouch. Uh, so, well, you know what? That does segue nicely though, into who I am going to take as my bargain play this week. And that is Vernon Davis. Uh, Vernon Davis gets Detroit, uh, 2,900, 4,500, basically league minimum in both sites. Uh, Detroit has allowed at least one tight end touchdown in every game except one. Think about that. That's a lot of tight end touchdowns. And this isn't like a new thing. Over the last couple of years, they consistently among the top three in terms of yardage, receptions, and touchdowns allowed to the tight end position. Their secondary is a bit of a mess right now. Darius Slay is the only member of that defensive secondary who really has a clue. And I'm guessing that Darius Slay will not be assigned to cover Vernon Davis. Um. You know, it was a little, I, I was hoping for a little bit more from Vernon Davis. I love Vernon Davis. Um, you know, he had four targets this past week. He got two of them for 50 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, I, like you said, almost a touchdown every game is about as close to a lock as you can get. Um, Here's so, the thing, though. Last week, they were facing Philadelphia, and Philadelphia historically does not give up anything to tight ends. I think the 50 yards for Davis was actually double the most yardage they've given up this season to any one tight end. Yeah, I, I'm with you. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at uh, Hunter Henry actually for the San Diego Chargers. We've talked about them and how we think that could be a shootout. Um, you know, Atlanta has uh, given up numbers to tight ends. Hunter Henry last week, um, Thursday night football, eight targets, six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he is the the future of this tight end core. We've talked about Antonio Gates for a long time, and I know you can empathize with me being in the AFC West. Every time Gates catches the ball, we're thinking, man, isn't this guy ready to retire yet? But, you know, what's got me even more worried is once he does, Hunter Henry's right there, and he's making plays down the middle of the field. The, that linebacker area where Atlanta has uh, traditionally struggled a little bit to uh, to cover. You know, I looked up a stat a couple weeks ago, and I think it was uh, Antonio Gates has 22 touchdowns in 24 career games against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, <laughs> uh, yes, I'll be very happy when Antonio Gates is finally out of the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you're talking about numbers, Hunter Henry's going to come in at 3,600 in DraftKings, 5,800 in FanDuel. For those of you keeping track at home, uh, in DraftKings, that puts him at, uh, let me see, you know, 7% of your salary, which also makes him a really appealing flex player, too, if, if the numbers are right there. Okay, after watching tonight's game a little bit here, David Johnson just scored his second touchdown of the game. It's against a very, very good New York Jet defense. So, you know what? I might have to change my running back pay to play up to David Johnson because if he can get done against these guys, he can get done against anyone. And uh, obviously, again, they're facing Seattle next week. But, uh, you know what? When's the last time the New York Jets gave up two running back rushing touchdowns in one game? So it's a quarter and a half into the game, and he's already got 74 yards on 10 carries, two touchdowns. I mean,. You know, he really has been the one of the only things he and Fitzgerald it feels like are carrying this Cardinals offense this year. So, uh, it, yeah, paying paying for David Johnson is never a bad call. You know what? I actually I wanted to avoid him this week because I really thought he would struggle against the Jets. And again, when you're looking at you, you talk a little bit about percentage uh, pay for each position. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what uh, goes into your decision of how much of a percentage you want to devote to any given position on a given week? Yeah, it's not so much about, you know, okay, I have to have this percentage at each position. I just think you're not you're not doing due diligence unless you look at um fractionally and and per, at a percentage standpoint, you know, the wide picture of your roster and and how you make up uh what you're doing for. If you're paying 20%, you know, I talked about this last week. If you're paying 20% for uh Antonio Gates or uh, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, uh, to, to fill in your roster, you're leaving yourself very little money at the other positions. So it's a balancing game. If the top quarterback any given week is going to cost you 15% of your salary, I'm usually going to try and stay away from that 15%. I'm going to try and hedge more towards the 11 12%, which is going to free up some of those percentages at other positions like tight end that could allow me to move up from a Jordan Reed to a Rob Gronkowski. Or wide receiver, which could allow me to move up to someone, um, you know, like Amari Cooper or Julio Jones. So it's it's really a balancing game with those percentages. Um, that's what I think is really interesting when you look at the numbers at a broad glance. And um, you know, I, I think, like I said earlier in the show, I think we can get really caught up in the individual price tags without looking at the big picture of what that means for your team that you try and put together. Well, as we saw this week. Even in those bad matchups, sometimes the big ticket comes through. 
And so you've got to pay up occasionally for the big ticket to get that. But uh, <clears throat> at least for last week, too, I think it kind of depends on where the values are. Because last week, the wide receiver position, the, it, it looked very much like the top of the wide receiver tier was not a very good value. So in those situations there, I actually segued a lot of my my spending for the week to the quarterback and running back positions, knowing that I could still find three mid to low priced wide receivers that still put out some pretty good numbers. Uh, you had Kenny Britt last week as a, as a very good play. I rostered him a few leagues. I did make the mistake of swapping him out for Tavon Austin in one league, which uh, was kind of a joke afterwards. But, uh, you know, you, you live, you die. You, you got to play your gut sometimes, right? And, and you know, I mean, hopefully uh, people are playing multiple leagues here. You take multiple risks. I mean, there is there is some math to it, right? At the end of the day, you're trying to pay. You want the best price per points. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's the formula. Last week, if you paid for Antonio Brown, you know, you paid uh, just under $1,200 in DraftKings leagues for each point. Right. That's way more money than you should be paying per point. And so it's finding that sweet spot of the price tag versus the potential points and hoping that on Sunday the players come through and hit for you. Well, not just that you want them to come through as a hit for you. You want to make sure that they don't come around, come away with getting hit for you. Now, unfortunately, this past weekend, uh, we have to go back to kind of the uh, start of the season and all the injuries we've had uh, every year. It seems like there's way too many. Uh, this year, there's been so many key players getting hurt. And this, this past week, we lost a couple more players to potential injury, uh, most notably, as we mentioned in the news, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, what can you tell me about the Ben Roethlisberger injury that we haven't really hashed so far? Well, it sounds like all of the news is good in Pittsburgh. The sky's not falling. Um, the unfortunate bit is that it's happening right as it seems like their whole offense is getting on the same page. He tore his MCL on his left knee. He's at least going to miss this week against the Patriots. Then they have a bye week, and so they're really optimistic that he might only miss one game. It is a quick recovery uh, surgery. So I think big picture, though, um, what happens when a team loses a quarterback is not just, well, we want to avoid the backup quarterback that week in daily fantasy. I mean, it does have these larger ramifications on the running game, the passing game, and the offense as a whole. I tend to agree, but also from a daily fantasy standpoint, uh, you can also kind of look at it and say, well, you've got the uh, backup quarterback in there. Let, let's go ahead and start the opposing defense against them. That's true. Um, I think there's a good matchup there. And, of course, it seems like you know for weeks it's been whatever quarterback happens to be under center for Cleveland. It, you want to take the other defense. For me, that, that's I, a revolving door there. Uh, exactly, exactly. You never know who it's going to be. It's always a great circumstance. So for me, though, I, I really like looking at these backup quarterbacks that that step in, right, the Brian Hoyers and the Colin Kaepernick's, and looking at the matchups and going, well, we know the price tag is going to be low in daily fantasy. Is the risk worth the reward as far as that percentage you're paying on salary? Um, like I said earlier, you know, quarterbacks are going to run you 10 to 15%. Every now and then, one of these guys will sneak in at 8%. And at that point, you need to sit and go, well, what's 7% of my salary going to open up for someone else? When you mentioned uh, Brian Hoyer, I think he's a great example. He's taken over for Jay Cutler there with his injury. And realistically, I think we can all make the argument that Brian Hoyer is just a better quarterback at this point in his career than Jay Cutler is. And what Cutler wasn't able to do for that offense 
Uh, look at all the surrounding pieces there in that offense for Chicago now that Brian Hoyer is under center and what type of effect he's had on them. You really have to wonder if it's, you know, because he's this journeyman quarterback who is trying to earn his keep and trying to establish himself, maybe he just wants it more. I mean, I know that that's the criticism that Jay Cutler's gotten his entire career, right? He always looks pouty on the sideline. But, you know, there's something to the fact that you get a backup journeyman quarterback who finally gets to see the field, someone like Josh McCown, and they go for it. You mentioned Josh McCown. I was going to chime in with Josh McCown as a great example there. Uh, the, again, the effect he had on the uh, surrounding cast of characters there, Gary Barnage, obviously has played very, very well with uh, Josh McCown under center. Uh, before his injury, Corey Coleman was very, very on tune with Mr. McCown. And uh, uh, certainly Terrell Pryor put up a couple of good stat lines, too. Probably my, my favorite tweet of the entire year was from Josh McCown posting that picture of his daughter at, uh, at you know, wear, wear a jersey to school day. And, you know, she had all of her friends, and she said something to the extent of, when your dad's been on so many teams, you don't have enough friends to wear all of his jerseys. And it's all of Josh McCown's daughter's friends wearing all of his jerseys from all of his teams. Um, you got a good laugh there. Well, it's strange that two of the guys we mentioned were both uh, journeymen who spent a portion of their career in Chicago. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, and that speaks to some of the issues Chicago has, which is a great segue, right? So when we're talking about having a quarterback issue here, and we're looking at, okay, what's the long-term and the short-term value for those at the wide receiver position and those at the running back position? And when you have this uh, uncertainty at quarterback, what kind of effects are we talking about for someone like Alshon Jeffrey or someone like Corey Coleman, right, that we want a lot out of, but, you know, we're just not sure. Well, and up until this past week, Alshon was basically vanished. Now, he's been battling some injuries of his own, and technically, he is still the wide receiver one for Chicago. So most weeks, he'll be shadowed by the best cornerback for the other team. But when you've got a quarterback, we kind of talked about it a little bit with Colin Kaepernick, uh, your backup quarterback during their practice reps will oftentimes be on the field with second and third receivers. So they develop more of a chemistry off the field with those individual receivers before getting the opportunity to start. Uh, I think we're going to see that more and more, at least for the first couple weeks, until those backup quarterbacks get time and practice reps with the starting offense. So what you're saying is, when we see a guy like Brian Hoyer take the field, yeah, there's Alshon Jeffrey, yeah, there's Kevin White, but as soon as Kevin White goes down and Cameron Meredith comes in, we should maybe have the foresight to go, you know what, Cameron Meredith has been practicing with Brian Hoyer this offseason. He's a second-team receiver. He's been practicing reps with the second-team quarterback. Let's take an early flyer and see if this pays off. That was a great snag for someone that may have signed Cameron Meredith two weeks ago. Now, obviously, uh, those people going out to the waiver wire this week, probably not going to find Cameron Meredith's name on the list. And uh, if you are in a PPR league, I think that Meredith's value continues to go forward strong as long as Hoyer is under center. Now, if and when Cutler comes back, who really knows what's going to happen? Right. So let's talk about running backs. When you lose a guy like Big Ben, we talked about it earlier in the show, we lose a guy like Big Ben, and you've said, hey, I don't really like Le'Veon. I don't like what the Patriots are going to do. They're going to key in on him. But you know, we can look back to well, what happens when the Cardinals are without Carson Palmer, right? which we saw um, not too long ago. We saw David Johnson take the field without a Carson Palmer there. 
Okay, and, and David Johnson is a perfect example, much like Le'Veon Bell, of a running back that can win without a talented run, without a talented quarterback under center. Yeah, I think that was the San Francisco game, right? Yes. Yeah, he had 157 yards and two touchdowns. Not very unsimilar to what he's already doing tonight to the to the New York Jets. And so then it's even more confusing, I think, for um, fantasy football players as a whole to look at Los Angeles and just really, you know, get frustrated with a guy like Todd Gurley, who seems like he should be that running back who can carry it in spite of the uninspiring offense around him. Well, and particularly since we've seen now in the last couple of weeks, Case Keenum is able to open up the offense a little bit. He's getting guys like Brian Quick and Kenny Britt involved in the offense. Even Lance Kendricks, a career backup tight end, catching some passes there. Now, in the past, we've seen Todd Gurley uh, be a successful pass-catching back out of the backfield, not unlike Bell and Johnson. So what is it going to take to get Case Keenum to start looking his way? Or is that even completely out of the question at this point? Yeah, and unfortunately, sometimes that's just scheme based, and it doesn't really matter about the you know on the skill set that the that the player has. We've seen that before, where you know a coaching staff has come in, changed the offense, and all of a sudden this ground and pound, tote the rock running back becomes really great out in the open field. So hopefully something happens there in in Los Angeles. One more thing I want to touch on while we're talking about backup quarterbacks and the effects of fantasy. Um, I love looking at tight ends when a backup quarterback takes the field they're always looking for that short dump off and especially if you're ppr league or you're looking at DraftKings where you get one full point per reception i think tight ends can be a really really valuable um snag there when the backup quarterback takes the field i totally agree with you because again you're looking at the safety valve and the quarterbacks are going to be much more likely to be looking for uh, a pass play and they're probably going to key in on a certain player and if that player is covered, they're going to start feeling those footsteps. When they start feeling those footsteps, they're going to look for the, cur- the closest player to them to put the ball in the hands of. And most of the time, if the running back is blocking, the closest player to them is the tight end. Yeah, ag- agreed. Someone like Jesse James is going to be interesting for me uh, this week. Um, going up against that New England defense, uh, Big Ben is out. Ladarius Green has returned to practice. You know, Jesse James um, kind of stepped in there for a little bit and uh, was able to get three touchdowns. So, um, you know, looking at those Steeler linebackers that, you know, what a la Heath Miller, what he used to do kind of on those short intermediate hook routes, short posts. Uh, in a PPR league, I think there is some value there at those tight ends. I, I totally agree with you there, and particularly on Jesse James. Uh, last week, actually, Cincinnati had a fair amount of success throwing the ball to Tyler Croft and C.J. Uzuma, neither of whom are first-name tight ends by any means. Uh, obviously, Tyler Eifert didn't play in the game, but when, when you've got those uh, maybe not-so-well-known tight ends, guys like uh, C.J. Fedorowicz last night, uh, those guys can be a really sneaky play in DFS because the those, those quiet sleeper tight ends are usually so low-priced compared to the price tag of your running backs and receivers that if one of those guys goes off for you, it's like money in the bag. Absolutely. Well, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in uh, Pittsburgh this week um, with Ben out and and all of these high-flying offensive pieces that people have been shelling out money for the past few weeks. Um, Hopefully uh, we don't see any other injuries happen at uh, quarterback around the league and we can find some stability in an off uh, fantasy season where there seems to be very little. Well, you know what? 
obviously there's been injuries on the field. There's been injuries off the field. Our own Steve Gallo is uh, under, under the weather today, as am I. So I want to thank you for joining us today on the uh, on the Blitz podcast. Why don't you tell all our listeners where they can uh, find you on Twitter? Yeah, head on over to Twitter. Find me at Kyle P. Holmes. Um, I talk a little DFS there and uh, just stuff that's happening around the league. Um, lament on my Oakland Raiders leaving town. You can also find me uh, at the huddle every Thursday morning, my daily fantasy bargain uh, bargain article where we look at uh, prices and break down some numbers. Well, and of course, uh, don't forget you can also follow me on Twitter at NewClearHarley. I am also at thehuddle.com on Fridays with the Daily Dominator. Uh, you can also follow our host, Steve Gallo. He is at Steve Gallo NFL on Twitter. All of us are always available to answer your questions uh, or help you make some money in the DFS world. Uh, but of course, as always, get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.